It's a film with three brains. 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 Genetics, what can it mean? The ability to perfect the physical and mental characteristics of every unborn child. Ethan Hawke. Uma Thurman. Welcome to Gattaca. Hi, welcome to the Film with Three Brains. I am Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And I am Sean in Chicago. And it's Sam in San Francisco. I just heard the pitter-patter of dog feet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, movie we're talking about today is Gattaca. Uh, 1997 sci-fi film starring Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. I believe they met on this movie and got married not long after. Uh, also has Jude Law and Gore Vidal <laughs> and Alan Arkin and, and Alan Arkin and Xander Berkeley. Not that most people know who he is, I guess. Tony <laughs> Shalhoub and Ernest Borgnine. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Tony Shalhoub, Ernest Borgnine in a very small role. Yes. Hmm. But I didn't yeah. know he was still alive at that point. Yeah. Me either. Yeah. Anyway, I I haven't seen this probably since it came out. Yeah. Or maybe I probably saw it once or twice after, maybe. A couple years maybe after, like in the early 2000s, I probably watched it at some point. I remembered it pretty clearly. It's not, I mean, it's not terribly complicated. Mm-hmm. There's no surprises. It, uh, well, I, I, th- I feel very similar. I don't know if there's no surprises. Are you saying for you? I'm saying I remember it. Okay. No, it wasn't a critique of the storytelling. Gotcha. <laughs> Please continue. Okay. What about you? <laughs> um, I'd say three times. I think when it came out, once more at some point, and this is probably my third viewing. So I, I, I definitely remembered the end. I remembered the, the all the swimming stuff and the brother stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember, surprisingly, that there was even a murder or a murder oh, investigation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like that That was like not, <laughs> I didn't stick in my craw. But there yeah, was a lot going on. You know, on. it's funny you say that. After it happened, I was like, oh, right, that. But before it happened, I wasn't thinking about it at all. So right, similar, yeah. Well, because it, it's not really important. Well... It's kind of important. It's it, kind of important. It sets off the whole manhunt for him and like, will he or won't he make it kind of thing. Right. But here's because the thing. Be- before that, they weren't looking for anybody. They didn't know they had an invalid in their midst. Of course. No, it's a, it's a, it, they need that for that, to make right. that part of the story happen. But it's yeah. also one of these things where, you know, it, it's kind of like your, your, your complaint about your criticism of Big Hero 6. Like... Hey, it's really cool that the brother made this this robot that's you know looking after him after you know 
mm-hmm. the the brother died, but then the kid invents something that seems to de- defy like all of modern physics, which <laughs> would change the universe. And you're mm-hmm. like, and in this one, I feel like, okay, they have the technology to instantly analyze you the moment you walk through the door, mm-hmm. but they don't have a camera. To know who was who well, killed this guy or right. was anywhere close or anything. So, yeah. I mean, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I agree with that hundred percent. And it's one of my primary complaints with it is related to that. Let me give a let me give a synopsis real quick. For our viewing audience who maybe haven't seen it or haven't seen it in many years. Uh, so Gattaca takes place did they say like in the not too distant future, right? There's a there's a title in the beginning or something? I think so. Yeah. So it's sci-fi and it's in the future at some point. In the, the future. Year 2000. <laughs> people <laughs> are. Uh, uh, I, I actually forgot how it works. They're, they, they're engineered or they're just, they just weed out the bad. They know something. How did that work? No, you're engineered. You can choose yeah. what you want. You, you choose right. Oh, the right, right, right. You can choose like the best of your, of, the parents can choose the best of themselves, right? Yeah, there's no natural births. Well, there's not few, supposed to be natural right? births. Yeah. Is it still an option or are some people like breaking the law by doing it? I missed that. You're breaking the law. You are. Yeah. Anyway. Well, well actually, no, I didn't say no, it was breaking I don't think law. you're breaking the law. It was just I like, just, so, it was just not just, done anymore. Yeah, just nobody does right. it. Yeah. And then, so in this world, in order to get anywhere, you, you can't, you have to be, you can't be a natural birth because everyone thinks you're flawed. And so Ethan Hawke plays a character who's a natural birth, his, his, his um, is it his younger brother? His younger brother, right? Yeah. His younger yeah. brother's engineered, uh, and so his parents sort of they don't disown him, but they it seems like they sort of dismiss him, and he goes off on his own. And he basically pays to assume of uh, the identity of someone who is engineered. Who in this case, Jude Law was in a car accident and he was paralyzed from the waist down. Um, and so he assumes his identity. Jude Law pees in a bag and provides blood and everything because Ethan Hawke works for a company that's basically NASA, who sends people into space daily and they test him every single day, which seems excessive, doesn't it? Yeah. Like they test him every day. What like what do they think is going to change? Especially if they know your genetics are awesome. Right. Yeah. So anyway, they test him daily to make sure he's him. I guess. I get. Yeah, that that part seemed odd. Unless they just. Anyway, uh, so he's defying like the entire society, but then a murder occurs where he works and, you know, the police are all over, detectives are there and they discover a hair, his hair. And so they know there's an invalid somewhere in the building working there. They just don't know who. So it's sort of like a, a race against time thriller kind of thing where can, will they find out? You know, it's him before he can get launched into space, which is his ultimate goal is to be an astronaut. He's going to the moons of Jupiter or whatever the hell. Is that what it was? I think it's Saturn. Saturn. Um, and along the way, he meets Uma Thurman, who also works uh, at the place, and they have an affair of sorts. They get together. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, as it turns out, Ethan Hawke's brother is one of the detectives. That whole thing was a little muddy and strange, but. Yeah, it's not revealed right away. Yeah. Did I miss anything? Get the big stuff. I don't think there's yeah. any. I mean, it's, you know, the, the 
what Ethan Hawke goes through to achieve his goals is is kind of gross. Like he basically what what they do they like cut the bones of his legs and insert two inches, <laughs> so he's taller. Yeah, right, which is gross. And then every morning he scrubs himself with like you know a bristle brush to get all the, uh, you know any flakes of skin, hair, whatever could fall off in his office. Um, you know, yeah. It, I mean the whole you know the whole part of the, I mean the whole point of the movie is him proving that, you know, just because society says you're born genetically inferior doesn't mean you can't achieve whatever the hell you want. Which you know it's a great point. <laughs> Right. Because yeah, because you know people's genetics, you apparently know how they're going to die, which is a little weird to me. The certainty of the, of the lifespan expectancy. Yeah. But they also know exactly what conditions are going to kill them too. Like in his case it's heart condition. Right. What they say nine like 99% chance of death by 30 or whatever. He's supposed he's, to die by right. 30. Yeah. yeah. And he's well, passed that's that. the, Okay, so once again also going into the technology they have the technology to do all this stuff, but they can't fix a uh, cardiac defect. <laughs> right. Right. Well, okay. So now we're getting into like, here's what bothers me about Gattaca. I enjoy it. And it's, it's smart for the most part, but like as a science fiction movie, it's kind of fucking stupid as a character study, as a, a sort of exploration of, you know, humanity and shit. And, um, you know, what it means to be human or whatever, or, you know, uh, yeah. predeterminations and, and things of that nature. <sighs> the nature of prejudice, you know. Um, yeah. All of these things are, are interesting and well done, but when it as a science fiction movie, it kind of sucks. You know, it doesn't do any world building, really. Nothing really makes a whole lot of sense. Like, they pay to have a report printed out on paper, you know, and like you said about medical science not being able to fix anything they can detect everything but fix nothing right. you know they're sending how many shuttles into space every day every hour they're sending one in up to wherever the hell who knows where they're all going mm-hmm. yet you know they don't have cameras so well i find that i find that kind of disappointing <laughs> yeah i i agree but i but my i guess if you want to flip it somehow or try to, or maybe a silver lining type approach would be, this is a movie that does science fiction on a budget. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I was impressed with how much they get out of the, I guess you call it retro futurism, you know, the sort of like old Mm -hmm. versions of things that look weird because they're, they're, anyway, I mean that, that the style, the style of the movie I think is kind of cool. But even that I find a little, a little inconsistent. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It's not perfect. But I mean, like, <laughs> to make a movie that, you know, deals largely with space and not to actually show anything in space is is kind of tricky to do. Sure. But I, but mainly, I I like the other stuff that you were, you were mentioning, the drama and the mm-hmm. character study and the, sure. and the, the possibilities of the meaning of, of what it means to... Of predetermination and free will and shit like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, that that's the fun stuff to me. It is. I agree. I just wish it would have been sort of wrapped in a a, a, a more effective sort of sci-fi outfit. 
Because yeah. <laughs> it could have been. I mean, you're right. They they do they do an awful lot on what appears to be a, a bit of a limited budget. But the the, the flip of that is that it, it all it makes it feel quite small too, though. You know, uh, it does. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like you're experiencing this 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 real thing that could happen necessarily. It feels almost like a you're watching a play. Did they mention other nations going to space or other? I mean, it was, I don't think so. They didn't really mention a lot about society other than what's happening right, right. there. Well, scene. right. That's what I mean. That's why. Yeah. Like they don't really, they don't do any world building really. You don't, you don't feel like you know anything about this, this sort of, this future they're describing other than these, this very specific sort of bit of business, I suppose. Sam, what do you think about this science fiction I think, I mean, okay, as a science fiction fan, I'm, I'm always waiting for the, for the low budget sci-fi movie to be good, you know, like Mm -hmm. primer, things like that. Like I love the idea because we're, we're used to science fiction being big budget and it, and it, and it doesn't have to be like, that's like, like a lot of, a lot of the books that you really love reading are like you said that the concepts, like how does this affect humanity? Like that's Mm -hmm. what, that's what really is the, 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 what I think grabs people for, for a lot of science fiction. It's, you know, you can only have so many spaceships shooting each other before you need something else. And so that's, that's where this movie kind of, I've, like I saw it in the theater and I remember thinking it was decent, but not great. And I saw it this time and thought, you know what? It's, it's I still have like the same feeling about it, that they spent so much time creating an atmosphere that they forgot to show us like what's really get into what it means to be one, you know, to be fully modified or not modified at all. Like, like show me where that matters besides just trying to get to Titan. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't feel like they did that. The other thing yeah. is that, that here's the crazy thing about this, that you already gave away the, the, the surprise like, Hey, this is where Ethan Hawke met Uma Thurman and they ended up getting married and having kids. Where is that chemistry? <laughs> it apparently happened off screen. You know? like, like, like you have the like the most boring fall in love yeah. sequence of like any movie I can think of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. They're both. It's, it's funny. It, you know, it's like, um, you know, when you see a romantic comedy and one of the characters is kind of a fucking dick and you're like, why is this person like that person? They're such an asshole. Then in this, it's like, why would either of them like the other one? Because they're both so fucking dull. Right. You know, there's, and, <laughs> their banter oh. is just like boring. You're like, oh my God. Right. So Do if better. you actually have them fall <laughs> in love with each other, then it raises the stakes for her choice to protect him or mm-hmm. give him away or risk you know risk protecting him like all of these consequences mean something more if we buy into that this isn't just some weird like convenience thing like they're both trying to be perfect together Mm -hmm. you know because it's a future where you can try to get genetic perfection but it that doesn't mean it's a future without people falling in love with each other right you know so it's just yeah that 
I felt like the I felt like watching it this time. The movie was so caught up on creating an atmosphere that they that they and sticking to it that they left out the things that make you actually really enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm I'm gonna harp on something a little more. When I said it feels small, that's not always a bad thing, but in this case, it felt. It was hard to believe they're sending or it's hard to get a uh, hard to sort of be engrossed in a story about a guy who wants to go to space and all these space shells being launched every day and he's watching them go these ships rocking there but you never once really feel like this is a world that does that right well you don't it, see you, the actual you don't you don't yeah. you don't they don't discuss anything about the missions right at all <laughs> You don't know where they're going exactly, how they're getting there, or what they do when they do get what. The, what are they doing when they get there? How are they getting home? How long it lasts? I mean, the end. Uh, he, he goes into a, a shuttle wearing a suit. <laughs> right. He's wearing a business suit yeah, with two other dipshits suits. wearing like business attire, and they just sit there, <laughs> and they launch. You're like, what? How does that work? How does that work? So it feels small. It doesn't feel like a universe you're you're sort of getting absorbed into, investing in because you buy it. And you want yeah, to know more. Yeah. So then the points they are making, to me, get slightly less impactful because it's taking place in a, in a, in a, a world I don't believe in, if that makes sense. Or is it just you it's, don't like it? Because I, I think they maybe tried to make it seem oppressive and boring and, and yeah. you know, all one note. And I, I do agree. Yeah, I guess. I that can see that. They don't, you don't get enough of the space stuff because all they're doing on the keyboard is is going over flight plans and shit, you know, like math and right. trajectories and shit like that. And, and there's never, yeah. I mean the, other than like, he does like a kind of a, whatever you call that G force test or whatever. He's, mm-hmm. spin, he does a spinning around thing and they do run treadmills and stuff, but it's, it's mostly about their condition and their mental readiness. It's not about, like you said, there's not, we don't know what they're actually doing or why they're, there's no specific training to the mission, mm-hmm. but I don't know that that's, I mean, even I do remember like being kind of disappointed first time I watched it to not see anything after he launches, you know, because mm-hmm. you are curious. You're like, well, what, why? If he's, and why I don't actually, I don't actually don't mind that so much. I just wish there was, I wish there was a bit more details dispersed throughout the film to just round out this world we're, we're watching, you know, we're to... I don't know. It just felt incomplete. I think about, I compare Mm -hmm. it for some reason. I keep comparing it in my brain to Blade Runner, which was made for even less money. And is that like this retro future kind of thing, but that feels fully formed, you know? Yeah. And not, not, not so many similar themes exactly, but kinda, you know, like there are some parallels sort of and and Blade Runner always feels big and sort of epic almost like what they what they did with such a small budget when they made it is pretty incredible. Yeah. Thank you, you know, the, the, they they created this fully form, formed world that I bought into completely. It's hard it's hard when you watch a movie and like you only see three characters interacting with themselves in like small rooms. You know, right. you, don't, you don't you don't get a sense of like like what what do people do on a Friday night? You know, I mean, I know they go out to dinner, but even that feels weird, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> they go see a 12 fingered pianist and yeah. With four other people in the audience, you know, <laughs> or, you know, I know there's supposed to be more, but it felt like they creatively shot that because they didn't have enough extras. <laughs> I'm sure they would have said, Oh, it's, it's very exclusive. So yeah. Yeah. But it just, it, it just, it, 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 for me, it, it starts, you know, you, it sort of sh- shatters the illusion that all films are, you know, yeah. For me, I don't disagree, but I, but I think that I feel like a lot of those choices were made specifically to to make you feel isolated and to not really like this feature. Yeah, you know, we're, I can see that. Sort of like you guys remember Joel versus the volcano. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know where you're going with that, so I'll let you. Well, just like it. the first the the first half hour of it. Oh, like you know, he crushes a little daisy in the concrete, and he. Or something, you know, like he's, his job sucks. and Yeah, yeah, it's all, it, you know, it's uh, Dan Hedaya going, I, yeah. not, I'm not arguing that with you. I'm not arguing that. He just says it over and over. Oh. <laughs> you know, all the um, fluorescent lights. and Yeah, you know, right. It's that kind of, of movie. Terry Gilliam shit going on there. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's still it's still a world that he believes in because he he is inferior. He's, he's lived his life as this lesser person. And so he, he, yeah, he doesn't really see any of that. He just sees, he, he just aspires to be part of it. I mean, specifically to be part of the space program, but not, you know, I don't think he sets out to go after Uma Thurman and he doesn't have any other real goals. It was just, it's just that, that he just always wanted to do that, I guess. Is that, did he always want to do that? I mean, he, he wanted to, you know, be as good as his brother, but that, you know, that was his childhood, and he just kind of, they, they just focus on the space thing. So it's kind of like you have, like, it's aspirational for him, even though as an audience, I feel, yeah, I feel like we're like, well, I don't know if that's seemed all that great anyway, but, but good for you. I mean, I, that, again, I just focus on the, the, you know, the way that they tell the story and the, you know, the way he has to overcome things and, and you know, I think this time watching it, my favorite part was Jude Law. Yeah, I get it. I didn't remember how important he was, both in like, you know, first he's he's just like everyone one else. He's like, well, you can't be me. I mean, you're you're inferior. You know, like he he mm-hmm. he doesn't even understand it at first, but then he really adopts the the whole the whole um, you know swap or whatever you want to call the the caper. The yeah, people. yeah. You know, he, he goes out of his way to help him. Um, I mean, obviously he, he was, was he, was he paid for it? I mean, I guess Ethan Hawke had to pay um, Tony yeah, Shalhoub. He, yeah, he had to pay Tony Shalhoub and then, I guess. But that must have helped. Know. Jude Law must have gotten some money out of it. Yeah. Too, right? Okay. So it helped him, but mostly it just gave him purpose. And he even says that at the end. He's like, you know, you gave me. I don't know if he says purpose, but he said, you know, he just said, oh, I, I, I adopted your dream or something like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You get, you know, so, um, like the way, the way his character changes and, and sort of, and the tension of it, which is mainly like the, the, I mean, my favorite part is when they go to the house when he's supposed, he's supposed to be sick. And then they're like, oh, and they're nearly caught. And, uh, you know, that stuff is fun. I don't know, quote unquote fun. I don't know. I mean, I just, I just appreciated all that because I guess partially because I think Jude Law is a pretty decent actor. 
Yeah, yeah. Not that, not that Ethan Hawke is not. I don't know. Um, but also that that like they give you a they give you something else to think about other than just Ethan and his dream and and this, you know, like who else you know. There's sort of a or sort of a balance to it. Like you get into this society while someone's dropping out, and that someone is Jude Law. You know, he's yeah, he's the yeah. The I, I agree hundred percent. He was my favorite part of it. Um, and I had kind of forgotten how integral he was to it all. Um, but yeah, he's awesome. And yeah. And that, and the, I, I love, I love it that he gets on board 100%. Right. So much so that Ethan Hawke was, it was ready to scrap everything and he yeah. starts dumping stuff down the sink and he goes, what are you doing? And he's, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe he's. He's wasting his chance. What are the best? What's the best Jude Law movie? What's the best Jude Law movie? Hmm, that's tricky. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Uh, it's not AI. I know that. I was just going to say. <laughs> I agree. It's not Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Oh, oh Cohen no. might disagree. <laughs> no, I do not disagree. That movie sucks. <laughs> Oh, I'm thinking it's of the, the Rocketeer. You like the Rocketeer. Oh, yeah, the Rocketeer's awesome. Everyone I keep that. forgetting that. I can't mix those two up for some reason. Why? <laughs> I don't know, Rocket Sky. I don't know. It's like <sighs> retro shit. <laughs> retro shit. Uh, uh, I don't know. I kind of like the Sherlock Holmes ones uh, are fine. Yeah, he's good in that. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't know. I like him in Talented Mr. Ripley, but he doesn't get... He gets murdered pretty early. <laughs> Is it early? I don't think it's that early. No? No, it's kind of like... After... Well, I don't know. I have to review that whole thing. That's a really gruesome death, by the way. Do you guys remember Is that? that? Is it on the boat? Yeah. And Matt Damon hits him in the face with an oar. Okay. And then they, they, like, they cut to him, and his side of his face is like broken open and he's gushing blood it's just disgusting i don't remember that that's nah, awful <laughs> <laughs> it's just really visceral and just terrible You're like oh <laughs> this is awful you know it's funny what what like there there was never really one movie that propelled jude, jude law to stardom right like sometimes there are not really like jeremy renner has you know the hurt locker things like that Colin Farrell has Tigerland, but he didn't really have one that was like, he just made a bunch of pretty good movies that he was always good in, um, or, or decent movies that he yeah. was always good in. I kind of like Enemy at the Gates, the sniper movie. Yeah, with, that was all right. That's yeah, all that. I don't love it, but but he was good. Yeah. He was good in Road to Perdition, not the biggest role in the world, but he was good. Huh. Anyway, what are we talking about? <laughs> um, Gattaca. How hard it was to for Ethan Hawke to get where he got, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, so <laughs> the amount of, you know, first of all, he should have had a better loofah or had a loofah at all. I mean, he just he was <laughs> a, a pumice stone or something. He was just scratching his skin constantly and clipping his nails and everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that still seems far-fetched to me. Like, that you can scrape off 
enough stuff that you're not going to leave anything behind at all. No. Sure. <laughs> but I, the important thing is that he went to such great lengths to disguise himself. Yeah. In real life, he's taller than Jude Law. He's taller? I thought they were the same size. Both 5'11". No. Ethan Hawke is a half inch taller. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, so that's one of the many things he goes through is, like you said, that's that surgery to heighten him. And he just has to lay there for a while. And Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that seemed, that seemed like the most drastic thing he did. And he had to learn his mannerisms. He had to uh, do things right-handed, which became important later on. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I forgot about the doctors, how important the doctor was. That caught yeah. me by surprise. That's like the one thing I remembered. Yeah, I remembered that, too. You remember the most most guys? Yes. <laughs> used their left hand. <laughs> most left-handed guys <laughs> used their... <laughs> Yeah, that was cool. What I liked and about actually, it this time is that it's more important at the beginning when he says, hey, have I told you about my kid? Yeah. You know, because now you know where it's going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's your biggest fan. and Yeah. Yeah, so the doctor is actually helping him. His uh, his custodial boss, um, who's that actor? Old guy. Anyway. Gore Vidal. Oh, no, Ernest Borgnine? Ernest Borgnine. He's... He's in in on it, although it seems like they sort of gloss over that. I think there's a deleted scene or something where he's actually he's aware because um, Ethan Hawke starts as as a custodian at the facility, and he has glasses on, and then he comes back without glasses. And I'm sure Ernest Borgnine could have figured out that that was him, <laughs> and he sees, yeah, him, you know, yeah. So it made more sense that there was a deleted scene where he actually. You know, it's revealed that he has he is helping him, or he, or not helping him, but he's he's not turning him in. And this whole thing is based on no one is is going, no one is turning him in because you know a bunch of people know now. It's quite a few people know if you count them up if you count them all up. Like, you know, Uma Thurman doesn't turn him in. You know, there's just. It's not, you know, I in my memory it was like, oh, you know, he's it's such a secret and he keeps it till the very end. And it's like, no, not really. It wasn't wasn't a great, wasn't a well kept secret. <laughs> Just a pain in the ass secret. Well, I don't know if this is a good time to talk about the facility that some of the shots are in, like the, the ceiling. A lot of the shots. A lot of the yeah. shots, interiors. Yeah, um, the escalator. The escalator. So that is. The actual Marin County Civic Center, right? Yep. Pass it every day. And it was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright? Correct. Yeah, uh, he designed it in 1957, and then he, or he, no, he died in 1957 after he designed it, and then he, it was finished, it was built, uh, I think they started building it like two years after he died. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's in THX one one three eight too. Oh yeah. yeah. But yeah, the um, the scenes on the inside, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's it. That's pretty much mm-hmm. exactly it, except for the giant room with all the people working 
at cubicles. Yeah. But the hallway, the glass at the top, uh, the escalators going in, it's all, it's all there. Yeah. So the, the design of the, of a, of a building made a long time ago, well, 1960, I guess, um, was a better representation of the future than pretty much anything made after that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's, I mean, but it was going with the the cars, like everything else, mm-hmm. you know? She's oh, yeah, driving yeah. No, that. It's not a criticism. I just, it's just amazing that, the, that you could use old stuff to to look futuristic. I guess not. Amazing is maybe overstating it, but clever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it is, it is uh, you know, they pick out these quirky things, you know, to to make it not look, you know, boring like that. It's not it's not the the 1960s that we've seen everywhere else. Right. You know, her um, her convertible, the, the Lincoln that the other guys drive, you know, these these are not. Not cars you see every day, or in any, and you know, even in a lot of other movies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it kind of gives it like I don't know. It's not quite steampunk, but it's it's. Yeah, actually, there's not many other things that that do it quite that way. Hmm. Hmm. I guess yeah the. When you look, when you look at it, like they used, you know, existing structures and they use existing cars, and you kind of go, "Well, what did they spend thirty-six million on?" I mean, they used <laughs> NASA footage for the actual rockets and stuff. You know, they didn't have to do much there. <laughs> what did they spend their money on? Was just all the actor's salary or what? It seems like a lot for nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah, what was the budget like? Thirty. Thirty-six. Hmm. It's the reported budget. Hmm. Not very well. 12.5. Oh, yeah. That was a big bomb, right? Flop. Yeah, it's kind of a flop. Yeah. It it opened at number five of the box office after I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh. The Devil's Advocate. Uh Kiss the Girls. Yeesh. And Seven Years in Tibet. God damn. <laughs> so it didn't have great competition, I no. have to say. <laughs> Imagine if it were up against something good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was quite a shit list there. Oh, that's, man. that's a great October 1997 was not a not a hot time for film. Well, I mean that, you know, but at least it was after the blockbusters and so you I don't know, I don't know. It's just yeah, it just it just flopped, but it it you know it was reviewed well. Yeah, like I don't know if it's if it show, if it matches the Rotten Tomatoes, but critics liked it, audiences did not. Yeah. Yeah. That makes <laughs> sense to me. It's just like it's you know it's heavy on themes and character and stuff like that, but. It's not going to wow you. It's not going to make you feel like... It's, it's not the Jetsons. You know, you're not going to be... <laughs> it's, you know. Yeah, uh, it is not the Jetsons. But I think there's a place for that. I think that 
if you're going to write a decent movie and, you know, it's, I mean, it, 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 I think it gets talked about mostly for the genetics, for the bioethic, bioethics yeah. of it or something, you know? Sure, sure. Yes. But honestly, yeah, I think, I think that the whole swimming thing of, of, it, if you think about it too much, it seems pretty almost uh, obvious or something. But, you know, he's like, How, how'd you do it? How'd you beat me? And he's, you know, that was my secret. You know, you always saved, you just saved something for the trip back. And I never did. No. Yeah. I never was had anything to, to lose, basically, because he, his brother had the, the good life and he didn't. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think they could remake this movie now. I mean, there's a lot of it that a lot of the concepts are still appropriate for sure. the current time, Agreed. especially now that CRISPR's been invented. Yeah. Um but I think you would change I, I think you'd you wouldn't have to make it more of an action movie, but you'd have to make you'd have to make it more the characters more exciting and yeah, I mean, it's, this is for nerds who walk away and be like, hey, I like a lot of the concepts here. Yeah. But for yeah. the people they brought with them to the theater, they're like, hmm, it's kind of boring. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Why didn't they make any new cars in the future? They're electric, though. They yeah. Actually, oh, yeah, they were electric. They all have the electric come. That's so. true. Now, now, now that's not even futuristic to us. Now, we're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, they're all going to be electric. Yeah. The um, the director, the writer director guys is kind of fascinating to me. Yeah. It's like an interesting, like so. He wrote the Truman Show, and mm-hmm. that was the first his first script he ever wrote, or the first oh, script that was he his ever first sold. One? Wow. He sold the first one he sold. I don't know if it's first one he wrote, but his first one, like it's uh, to everyone in the world, that's his first script. And you know, there was interest in it because it was a good goddamn script, but no one would would let him direct it because he never directed anything. He, uh, I think he, he was a commercial director for many years before he ever, you know, m- made movies. So it's not like he hadn't directed anything. It's just he'd never directed a film, and no one wanted to give him a big budget. So he he he. One of his quotes is that he made a huge mistake with the Truman Show, and that he wrote his most expensive film first, and no one would let him direct it. And so he went and made Gattaca. You know, he wrote something that would have a small budget that they that someone would let him direct, and they did. And you know, but then that's not the interesting thing to me. It's interesting to me thing to me is that with each script that he's written I feel like it's you know a lot of diminishing returns it's yeah. sort of M. Night Shyamalan-esque where you know you come out of the gate just swinging you know you're, 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 <laughs> he's written one or two really great things and then it's just each one gets worse and worse so for Andrew Nichol you know as a writer he wrote this you know Truman Show Gattaca and then he wrote Simone which I never even saw because it looks so dull he wrote the Lord of War with Nicolas Cage, which I saw and was it was okay. And then In Time with Justin Timberlake, which was fucking dog shit. Yeah, that was that sucked. And then <laughs> The Host, which is just awful. I watched I think like ten minutes of it. It was on or something. It's just unwatchable dreck. <laughs> just 
Fucking, oh, it's a, the aliens worst kind of white. Take over your garbage. body and you yeah, have, yeah. Same same writer as Twilight. The books, I mean. The, okay. That 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 woman wrote the host the book. <laughs> Sparkle in the sunlight, and then Good Kill, which I never saw again with Ethan Hawke about a drone pilot or some shit, and then yeah. something called Anon, which I've heard of but I never saw. It's just it just keeps getting worse and worse you know so i don't know it's interesting like is that is that a, a dude who just had like one or two good scripts in him and and one or two good ideas and nothing else uh, or is it just that he kept writing the same one over and over? or yeah like, or, or is he just doing he, the same thing he loves know? his sci-fi you know these weird situations but the, the in time well i mean he think he said the in time was like the bastard child of gattaca you know that he yeah there's two classes of society and whether or not you have time time is well, whatever you know, you remember how it works, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, he doesn't he doesn't progress in term. He doesn't expand anything. You know, he just, he just wants to write a sci- sort of a. I don't know. I I guess my gut is telling me that he's a better writer than a director. But, yet I kind of like what he did with Gattaca. Me personally, I mean, I don't I don't know. If, not that he couldn't do it better, but I but I didn't like. See that movie and and th- and say, "Wow, he doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing." No. But then after that, I mean, I think it's you know, just that heavy burden of being writer and director and a producer on most of his things. Mm-hmm. It's just too much, you know. <clears throat> I just don't think he needed to do all that, you know. Just be more collaborative, and somebody will be like, "Yeah, maybe." Uh, you know, this aliens inhabit your body and all it changes is a little iris of your eye. And, you know, maybe that's not enough for people. Or I, I, I didn't, I don't know anything else about the host, but, but <laughs> he has trouble getting his ideas across sometimes, but I don't think the ideas themselves are bad. I think, I think as sure. a writer, he's good. I, I mostly agree with that. Sure. But yeah, I don't, I can't explain why he, his movies got worse. I I, th- I think Lord of War was okay. I mean, mm, yeah, it was. <laughs> right. He's it was it's right. topical now since the Lord the the guy himself is re- released back to Russia. Mm. <laughs> What's his name? Yuri? No, whatever. Okay. Ivan. What is <laughs> Ivan. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but is that? I mean, is that fair? Is it? Too, is it? You know, I mean, I wouldn't say no one can do writing and directing and all that stuff. But it, is he just seemed help? He he maybe he just had a vision and he wanted to do it. I mean, I think he like for example, I think he might have messed up the Truman Show. Oh yeah, no, you I know? agree with you there. I agree with you on that. Especially after it, when you look at Peter Weir's filmography, and in the films he's made, you know he he. Just, just impo- it's impossible to say he's not a better director than yeah um, Andrew Nichol. You just can't say that. It's impossible. <laughs> I mean, look I mean, at the, the movies Peter right. Weir's made and look at the movies Andrew Nichols made. Mm. Yeah. You know. Just for the other people who, who don't memorize every <laughs> little bit of trivia about everybody, uh, he made Dead Poets Society, The Mosquito Coast, Witness, which we reviewed, Yeah. Uh, Truman Show we're talking about, uh, Master and Commander. After that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Green Card has actually did pretty well too, as far as acclamation. Yeah. Um, 
fearless uh not as much maybe that's the jeff bridges in the plane movie yeah yeah, yeah. but still it's uh, all that, pretty that solid list compared yeah. to you're uh, living dangerously is really good too that. oh yeah gallipoli i didn't even get yeah. that far back in time wow yeah yeah, I, I just yeah. like to live dangerously. <laughs> 20 beats here are five. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if that's fair, but I think I just think his, his ideas are good and the concept, like the Truman Show concept is great, but it could have been gone, it could have been a crap movie. Like you yeah. could have really messed that up. Sure. I don't know. Maybe I'm being I, too harsh, but no, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I agree hundred <laughs> percent. But overall we do, I, I'm assuming we do kind of like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. I know we, we've been shitting all over it, but I still, I still like, I mean, okay. okay you know, the, go ahead. You first. Who are you going to recommend the movie to? Nerds. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, yeah, people people who <laughs> like cerebral films, you know, yeah, and certainly there are people like that. Yeah, I am clearly not one of them most of the time, <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> you're like, an I, I'm never gonna you... I'm never gonna watch this again. I'm never gonna watch Gattaca again. I'll never feel compelled to be like, hey, I think I'll watch Gattaca. You know, it's not happening. I've seen it two or three times now, and that's that's good enough for me. But yeah, I it's guarantee not fucking to you, I'm going to watch Big Trouble in Little China several more times in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is yeah, inevitable. Well, I, 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 I may even watch Howard the Duck. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I, I, can, I can imagine that scenario. <laughs> but Gattaca, no. Sorry. I saw everything everywhere all at once again, and I was like, ah, James Wan. Like, uh, his, his face now is... is it's, <laughs> yeah. I have to I have to go back and finish watching that. Oh, you haven't finished it? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta watch it. And I fell asleep in the middle. Which seems crazy to me. Uh, it has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's good stuff. Yeah, that, that would be rewatch, rewatchable. Terrible toddlers. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's weird. To, is I mean, I agree that Gattaca is not rewatchable. It's not like something right. you're going to throw on. It's not, it's not that kind of entertainment. But, okay. Go ahead. No, finish. Well, I'm, I'm going to okay. just keep rattling on it. Like, just it seems like the that it, there's a there's like a push and pull between ideas and concepts you want to see in a movie, and then actual like eye candy. And yeah. if you want, a lot of people want to see Big Trouble in Little China, I mean, it's not it's they not do. deep. It's not that's, that's right. Okay, <laughs> right. there's a place for both, I guess. Are the concepts in Gattaca now outdated? I mean, no, the, no. the genetic one is, but. Is the genetic stuff done enough that people be like, I can get this elsewhere? And the reason I ask this is because in 1997, I think a lot of these concepts were fresh enough that it made the movie interesting. Mm -hmm. But then I was looking at people who are, you know, in their 20s and they go back and read like Fahrenheit 451. And they're like, oh, this is, you know, this is so this has yeah. been, you know, done so many times or 1984. They're like, ah, oh, this has been done so many times. Like what's so special about this? Not realizing that those things actually created the genre, <laughs> that they were the first yeah. in, of, right. of, of, a, you know, and then mm -hmm. imitations afterward. So is this something where, where, where there's enough other stuff about genetics and class society 
that this doesn't add anything to what has already been, has been made since then. Uh, no, I mean, obviously, th- wait, was the question, does well, this the question is like, it, can you get this, surpassed? can you get all these same concepts somewhere else in something that's better? Or does this still have the concepts that are like, you know what, this still talks about all these things and concepts in an interesting enough way that people should go back and watch it. Because we've all agreed that it's not, it's not the, you know, the mystery or the on-screen romance that's going to get people to to want to watch this movie. It's the concepts. Yeah. It's concepts, but there is tension. I mean, I remember, I, it, I was, uh, Amy popped in while I was watching it, and I was like, this is tense. I mean, I know what's going to happen, but I, it's still like, the the threat of being discovered is constant throughout the movie. Yeah. The tension yeah. that you feel for him is like, whoa, jeez, you know? Because you know it's going to yeah. blow up everything. And, mm-hmm. and, and, he, and, he, and obviously they put him in crazy situations. Or, or he's very close to being discovered all the time. You know, the two detectives fighting over what's happening. Um, you know, kind of leading each other. They're talking them them to themselves about which, which lead is best. And, um, you know, but they keep, and they keep testing and it's just all these chances for failure. And you think it's almost inevitable, but I I guess that's not enough to be like, Oh, this, because that's, that's almost, you know, if you put it more in the thriller category as a, just, just a thriller, it's not that great as just a sci-fi story. It's not that great, but both together, kind of make it pretty pretty watchable but yeah i don't know i don't know if i i do know that like the, the the genetics of it even though they're very simplified and um are you know yeah they're, they're how can they not be relevant you said it was topical 97 is that because of like dolly the sheep was happening had just happened a little while ago no i just think at the time we were we were starting to get into this I mean, maybe the like the you know the manipulating of, of of genes, but we know it's we at that time we knew it was the future, but it wasn't happening the way it is now, mm. and I don't think there were as many stories and films about it as there have been since. Yeah, I mean, I think more if if you want to say what's the most topical, it's got to be AI, you know, and that's that's right. That seems very now. Um, the the concept of an AI as a is a, uh, a I guess I could use the word person you know like what what are we we're not just worried about what, what if whether Skynet's going to blow up the world we're worried about like what are the ethics of you know if once we get past just Chat GPT or something you know, like these these language learning AI things they're they're going to be used in a greater way. And they're, you know, eventually we're going to, this, this shit's going to be very real, you know? Um, but most of it's just fear-based, you know, like in this, in like in the Gattaca, the fear is like, well, there's people controlling us, society controls us. Those are old concepts. Those are like things we're used to, but the new stuff is, you know, like, and this isn't a new movie, but her from a few years ago, I know we, I think we've all seen that, right? With the, yeah. Yeah, I, I think really I like. finally saw that. Quite, Did you find it? Saw that quite recently. Yeah, I mean, I I really like that because it is both entertaining and uh, I, 
I'm not entertaining. It's, it's pretty damn sad, but it's um, it's it's a good movie, and it also kind of, you know, as a nod to the, to the future. And like, this is gonna be this is gonna be important pretty soon. You know, it, in the in the movie, it's like your operating system on your computer can do so much. It you know, it's smarter than you are basically. And and where do we go from there? And then, you know, that's that just seems very topical now and genetics is is still important but it it's that seems like a back burner type of thing and i guess it wasn't that long ago china had an actual case of genetic genetics in human babies um but you know it's china (laughs) we're just like well yeah you know china and and china shut it down there was one scientist that did it well they at least they you know that's that was the uh that's what they would have you believe. I mean, he was arrested and fined, and I don't know if anyone's seen him since, this, the scientist that actually did it. And those three human babies are, uh, there was they were born, and they are somewhere. But I'm imagining that they, if, if China had any information on it, they weren't, they're not going to share it. Um, but they shut it down for, for ethical reasons, again, ostensibly. But that's like that's that was the very first time that had ever happened, um, and that's going to happen again. And they're probably going to look at that case and and learn from that and and, and on and on. You know, that's that stuff. That's so, going to happen at time. I think it's very interesting, but it's also like, what's your <laughs> what's your comfort level with being freaked out about the future? You know, like most of us like to to like think about it in theoretical terms. We don't like to think about it like what's actually what could happen tomorrow. I can't wait for her to exist. Because <laughs> it was, because uh, she was so competent. The the AI, yeah, and the, she did so much, and yeah, so efficient. <laughs> I mean, you must. Is that all you thought about? Was like how cool it would be. You mean as opposed to what? Well, I mean, the, like this would somehow be bad. That it's a that it's a thing. It's an entity. It's a. A person, you know, it's something that has free will, basically. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, I, I mean, that, you know, the the conclusion was, I think the, you know, the, uh, I can't remember who wrote that. That, that, why would once you're so far advanced from us, why would we want to, why would it want to interact with us? Yeah, it outgrows us. Right. Well, I mean, but that's, gosh, who wrote that? It was the, talking about, like... Uh, let's see. Spike Jones, in, in, Spike Jones written... No, no, no. Inter- I'm talking oh, about, sorry. like, in the 1990s, there was... They are talking about how how alien life, you know, like like if our, our genetics is, is, you know, over 99% the same as a chimpanzee, mm-hmm. right? And chimpanzees are really smart, right, the, as far as other primates go. Mm-hmm. But, like, how much time do you actually want to spend talking and hanging out with a chimpanzee? You know, like you, you don't, and most of us don't like it, or it would be novelty for a couple hours or a day or whatever. And so it's, you know, the same conclusion was, was her, you know, as soon as her found another her, like, why would you spend time with humans? Hmm. So if I recall correctly. So, so it's going to increasingly isolate us from each other and. No, I'm saying that if if it truly has free will, 
it won't want to hang out with us. It won't right. have free will. Right. And most people think of it in terms of, is it going to worry about its own existence and, and become weaponized or is it going to, yeah, yeah, I don't know, stuff like that. I, I'm less interested by that than I am the ethical part. Yeah, we, we do plenty of good job of killing each other without yeah, we don't need any, any <laughs> robots, <laughs> entities. Um, yeah. All right, I think we went off subject just a little bit. What? But that never happens. <laughs> this, this though, is, I'm, not, I'm noting first time ever in our best review yet. Um, <laughs> what are we doing next? Uh, 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 oh yeah, that's me. Well, I mean, are we are we we feel comfortable with the with our future <laughs> and our past? <laughs> I feel. I mean, it's it's just like there's there's a feeling I get when I watch Gattaca, when I've watched Gattaca. And it's it's hopeful and it's tragic and it's like it's not it's not a perfect movie by any means but but the I wish I could figure out what it is that and it's not it's not like just the the music or something it's I I definitely think that um I mean I'm you know spoiler sorry if you haven't seen it but the Jude kind of sacrificing himself at the end is really is really kind of meaningful because that means that he, and I've already said this, I guess, but he bought into it so much that he believed in what Ethan Hawke was doing. I don't know. I just, I don't know. It, it's like the, I don't know if it was better than it should have been or if it's wor- it's worse than I think it is, but it still kind of gets me. I don't know. All right. I'll shut up. I guess we're done. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to talk about sequels or uh, double ups or anything. That's we, Alan Alt, uh, Alan Arkin. <laughs> sequels. Well, I said they should remake it. Okay. Um, I think they should make a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has to come back in a year, and you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. What uh, are double ups? We had Alan Arkin. Alan had... Arkin. Was there anybody Did in the? We didn't have Ethan Hawke yet, right? No? I don't think so. That seems crazy. It does seem odd. Uma Thurman either? Uma Thurman. Huh. Well, let's let's, uh, leave it to our scant audience. If you notice some double ups and we didn't... (laughs) And you want to help us out. (laughs) Our brave, intrepid audience. Please write us at the film with three brains at gmail.com. Um, all right, let's move on. <laughs> let's move uh, I picked a movie. Uh, do you want to guess? 70s? I didn't. I was thinking, I was looking hard at 70s because I feel like we totally neglect 70s. And yeah, I feel like that's my job is this to pick <laughs> to crazy balance ass. Things out. Yeah. But you <laughs> well, went 80s instead? No, I went the other way. I went 90s. Oh. oh. And I did a music movie. Oh, a music movie. Yeah, I like mean, almost famous. Kind of like that, and it's I wouldn't call it a true musical. Um, what else can I say about it? Is, Is it, it Empire Records? No, but you're. Oh, is it High Fidelity? You're getting close. Um, oh. Hmm. Is it Airheads? <laughs> no, but it is about a band like Airheads. <laughs> so it's like 1991. 
Is it that Tom Hanks movie? Or the, when did that come out? No, it's not. That thing you no. do. No, but that's a good guess. What was it? The replacements or singles yes, or something? You know what it is. It's the replacements? Commitments. No, it's the, the commitments. commitments. Yes. There we go. I knew I've never seen that. Apparently, it's part of a trilogy, and it's the first one. I have only seen this one, but I remember liking it. And it's a band from Ireland. They make a, they have a soul band named The Commitments. Have I seen that? This is my office mate's one of our favorite movies. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. It's based on a novel by Roddy Doyle. Hmm. Directed by Alan Fame. Alan Parker? Yeah. Directed Fame. Which we have. And and, uh, Midnight Express. Well, well, well. I'm glad I didn't mention Triple up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there you have it. Sweet. Where can you watch it? Uh, on your television. Oh, perfect. Looks <laughs> like Amazon Prime Voodoo. Oh, it's... Oh. Is it not anywhere? <laughs> YouTube. You know, it's on all these things for, okay. you know, a couple bucks. Redbox, one ninety nine. You know. How is... I've seen a Redbox. I can't... I've never done Redbox. I didn't know it still existed. It's still around, yeah. Is the concept is it's like a like a movie rental that you it's a vending machine it's a vending machine for movies, yeah okay and anybody you don't have to sign up for it you just do it right no yeah just go and I don't know if you got to return them to the same box or if you mail them back I thought I thought it's just I thought they just stop working I thought it's what no (laughs) they blow up like a Mission Impossible (laughs) message. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) This DVD will destruct in five seconds. Yeah, that's it. Your DVD, no, you have I, to buy a new DVD player. I think you have to return <laughs> <Pretty it>. sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you can rent you can rent it in most of the various places for a few bu- a few bucks. Is that correct? I still can't find. It shit. would appear so. Okay, works for me. It's like two ninety nine on Amazon or Vudu. Awesome. If you want to take a trip to Walmart, there's probably like a dozen of them in the 99 cent bin. I was in a Walmart recently and I didn't see those bins. Yeah. I didn't didn't look specifically for them, but maybe I, they don't have them anymore. It, oh. That's too bad. That is too bad. <laughs> I used to I used to go to like a Target in the bargain bin and look in the route through, just hoping I'd see some awesome for like two ninety nine and be like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> you fools. <laughs> Howard the Duck, two bits. <laughs> Is it on TV? Tubi, it looks like. Tubi. Yeah. TV. Or not Tubi. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, that's, that solidified this as uh, the greatest episode we've ever done. <laughs> Indeed. Should send me into space. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, this has been Gattaca. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not leaving until Sam says his thing. <laughs> All right. That's enough movie buff. I'm out. Pa pow. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I know music.